0: you are locked on on Kentucky. kentucky Available Stay on, on Apple podcast, podcast, Google Podcast, podcast, podcast Part of or or, Alexa, Alexa, or podcast Google Network, to play podcast. Locked on. Every day. Welcome Don't to worry, the Locked On Kentucky finish, Podcast. I'm
1: Dan Reaper with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of the Athletic. I'm down here in Charlotte in a hotel room. Uh, I just walked up from the lobby where there was a uh, full table of media members enjoying the uh, New Year's Eve festivities there uh, at the uh, bar area. And I said, well, hopefully I'll be back in about 30 minutes. Got to go do a podcast with Kyle Tucker real quick here, and uh, we'll knock this out and try to – maybe I'll kiss Steve Moss for New Year's.
0: Yes. I, th- I mean, there are, there, are, there are not many better people to, to smooch on New Year's than, uh, than the great Steve Moss. We, we're both you're, – you're like three beers in. I'm like three bourbons in. La- ladies and gentlemen – it is hard to say what'll come out in this podcast, but let's do this. Well,
1: thankfully it's not radio, it's a podcast, so no FCC violations going on right exactly. now. I am drinking a fine craft beer from uh, Catawba in Charlotte. That's the great thing about oh, this yeah, city Catawba, is if you are a craft beer lover and you know Lexington has all those craft breweries, but down here it's at a, even another level. It's like man, craft beer t- on steroids. I try to tell people uh, like
0: and 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 it's totally validated in the result. You got the better deal going to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It's a better city. More people could go. Easy drive. New Year's Eve, so you can like party all night, and and you're already off work tomorrow. New Year's Day, or today, as people are listening to this. And you have right. a chance to beat a name opponent, and you beat a name opponent. This was a, a resounding success for the Kentucky football program, and I, I think... Probably when it's all said and done, even the people who were pissed about buying tickets to the Gator Bowl, if they ended up in Charlotte, are very, very happy.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you were in Jacksonville, you're drinking beer brewed by ocean water. So, I mean, (laughs) you're drinking Miller Light in a place where you might get stabbed. Yeah. Now, this city, let me tell you about this city first. It's just, it has been a great host, like an absolute wonderful place. The city of Charlotte is so condensed, so close together. Everything is. Within walking distance, everywhere you go, you're 10 minutes from anywhere. And they had that epicenter place where that big uh, fanfare was Monday night. And tons of fans out there. And restaurants and bars all over there. But then if you take off walking down any street, there's great restaurants. There's great little bars. uh, And it's it's just a very... A compact city, like I said, you go, you know, driving around, you've got a minor league baseball stadium. You've got the Carolina Panthers stadium where they played. You've got the Charlotte Hornets place. And they, you know, they played the Thunder on Friday night. They played the Celtics uh, today, I believe. Uh, It's just a, it's a, it's a nice city. And the bowl people were really great about everything. Uh, Putting this thing on just, uh, they just did a terrific job. I was really impressed with it all the way around. But obviously the most impressive thing, of this Belk Bowl was Lynn Bowden. He has to be in my mind. Uh, you can make an argument for three or four, five people total of all-time greatest players in Kentucky football history, and Lynn Bowden is absolutely in it. Especially after what he did in this Belk Bowl on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, he. I think he was a legend before the Louisville game for just how he carried him into bowl. The eligibility when the season looked lost. I think he was a, a super legend after lighting up Louisville, and now he like I sort of made a joke that night leaving the stadium, watching him do what he did to Louisville. About Lynn Bowden must really want a statue for himself, <laughs> uh, but like, does Lynn Bowden get a statue <laughs> mm. at this point? I mean, what maybe he has, what he has done? I mean, if they haven't really built a statue for anybody, but. If you look uh, the four, build, the uh, four yeah, guys, the. Yeah, yeah, I don't mean like, like no individual, like this right. guy, like you built this statue because this guy was great. Like they haven't done that. Uh, they built the incredible statue that is such an amazing centerpiece for their football complex in between the stadium and the new football facility for the African American Pioneers at Kentucky, which yeah. is one of the great, I mean, honestly, one of the great statues in sports in my mind now, certainly in college sports. Yeah. But they haven't built one for any individual. Like, you go to Florida, and there's Tebow, and I don't know. Some of, They have three or four guys. and
1: Especially pro teams have, like, the Shaq statue yeah. or the Jordan well, statue. Well, if you go
0: to LSU, they have the, the Shaq yeah. dunking statue, which is a really cool statue. Um, at Kentucky, they have the Joe B statue uh, outside the basketball practice facility. Right. Uh, but Or outside the lodge. But, I mean, does Lynn... If you were gonna build, if you were gonna make a list of people that that, if you were gonna say we're gonna build a statue of three guys in the program's history, individuals, I think Lynn would get one. Yeah, Uh, you know, it probably won't end up with a statue. It just doesn't seem like a thing they do. But I mean, like if you think of the greats,
1: you would go to like a George Blanda, but nobody remembers George Blanda. That's so but the, he's probably the most accomplished as far as uh, an NFL career and what he did at Kentucky. Right. And then, like Babe Pirelli or, right. You know, uh, Tim was, couch would come to mind obviously because of, you know, being a Kentucky kid and being the there numbers the and, the,
0: and number one, but like, but they didn't win anything. You know, he barely, right. you know, it was such a, such a pedestrian record. Yeah. I mean, Lynn Bowden has made Kentucky has been a major part, both last year as a wide receiver and kick returner. And like, let's not forget that. Like, yeah. They don't go 10-3 and three without Len Bowden last they
1: year. They don't mean beat Missouri without they don't his beat Missouri, punt return.
0: They don't probably, Maybe they don't. Well, they probably don't beat Penn State. I mean, he set the whole tone of the game with that yeah. punt return touchdown. Um, so that, coupled with this year, which was a year that was going to go completely off the rails and maybe not even go to, the, to a bowl game, period. And and instead, they're 8-5 and five with a win over Virginia Tech to cap the season.
1: And Mark Stoops said it after the game. He said if we had – he said no disrespect to, you know, the guys who earned it, meaning Terry Wilson. and But had we started him at quarterback – I mean, he said this in the press conference. If we started him at quarterback at the beginning of the year, I, there's no reason he wouldn't have been in New York. And no re- disrespect to the guys at, the, you know, the Heisman finalists. But Lynn Bowden is absolutely one of the top five best college football players this season – and yeah. uh, I don't think there's any argument there. No,
0: no. In the last eight games, there's not there's not five guys better than Lynn Bowden. Um, no, you know. And if you if you had said like at the end of last season, like if Terry Wilson had gotten blown his knee out in the in the bowl game or the you know in summer workouts, and you spent the whole off season preparing, and said we're going to have to go with Lynn Bowden, and you and you did all the way along. I mean, he's, he rushes for two thousand yards. He Throws for a thousand probably. I don't know that he was going to ever be a, much of a passer, um, but that's the irony of today. Uh, you know, we haven't really mentioned the score. Thirty it ended up thirty-seven, thirty. But it yeah. to they they come down to the end of the game. They're down six with fifteen seconds, eighteen seconds to go, at the Virginia Tech thirteen-yard line. Lynn Bowden has rushed for two hundred and thirty-three yards, another monster day. He's he's thrown it okay, but he's missed several trying to throw it down the field. Yeah, he looked, he looked on horrible throwing yeah. the ball before yeah.
1: that. Just to be honest. He yeah, just, and, it, but it he, but bad. on that
0: drive, he hits he hits Josh Ali for a diving, totally covered diving catch on fourth and seven. Yeah, when it looked lost, I didn't think it was caught. I didn't it. either. Like, I didn't think he caught and he it. He comes up with it and and hits in that, and then throws the touch winning touchdown pass to Josh Ali. And if you're wondering, how did it end up 37-30? They end up, Virginia Tech, on a desperation play, Kentucky scoops and scores. But the yeah, winning I actually, touchdown...
1: I actually recorded a couple things uh, for TV, and both times I said the final score was 31-30, and I didn't realize I'd done it at the time, <laughs> and they were ruined, yeah. and I had to redo them oh, later. That sucks. Yeah. But
0: yeah, I mean, that's like what you have in your mind. Yes, uh, that's it. But it. So that's the winning, it's the winning play. The winning it play is. is a Lynn Bowden touchdown pass. which is crazy. Uh, we'll get back to that and the specifics of the game, but yeah, if he starts from day one, he probably has two thousand rushing and a thousand passing, and the dudes and I mean, what nobody, no quarterback ever has rushed for two thousand yards in a season. No. And by the way, the stat we brought up and and ESPN stole from me and put up in a in a graphic. Well, and other people caught it. It. I've been on talking about it
1: for like three yeah. weeks. Well, Lee K. Howard, on. I was sitting next to him, and he he had. Caught on to it and started looking that stuff up as well. But, you know, it occurred to him, but yes, you you originated that. Nobody else was talking about it before you were.
0: Well, and it was a long shot because so he started the day 238 yards away from Cam Newton's. He was in the top four, but he was 238 yards away from Cam Newton's SEC record, rushing yards in a season by an SEC quarterback. And Cam Newton won the Heisman when he did it, and the other guy ahead of him, Johnny Manziel, won the Heisman when he did it. Uh, and and Fitzgerald, Nick Fitzgerald from Mississippi State, was also ahead of him. He jumped those two guys, and he ended up he ended up five yards from Cam Newton's record, and and did it in basically eight games. All but ninety nine of his yards came in the last eight games when he moved to quarterback. Lynn Bowden as this season. As a wide receiver playing quarterback, ran for 1,468 yards. Uh, And as you mentioned, only Cam Newton as a quarterback in the SEC has ever run for more yards in a season.
1: And you mentioned had he just had he run the ball in, he he breaks the record and he's got it. Yeah. So we'll talk about that final play because there's a lot to talk about on that final play, and we'll do that next when the Locked On Kentucky podcast continues.
0: You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast.
1: Okay, so uh, the final drive. I mean, first of all, Lynn Bowden, and and DeAndre Square told me this, that Lynn Bowden came to the sideline and told, uh, on the sideline, told the defense, hold Virginia Tech to a field goal, and I will win this game for you. I will win this game for us. Hold them to a field goal. And DeAndre Square, I asked him again. I said, he really came over and said that to you guys. He said, yes. He came over to the defense and told us, hold him to a field goal. I'll win this game. So they get the ball back with 8.25 left on the clock. Mark Stoop says in his mind, he was thinking all the way, eight-minute drive that's, the whole time. That's, that's what he's incredible. thinking. Then yes. they, and they did it. Yes. He's thinking eight-minute drive. Vince Marrow said that the whole plan was that entire drive – put the ball in Lynn Bowden's hands. And what they did, 18 plays, 13 of them were runs by Lynn Bowden. That that was all designed. The offensive line said Drake Jackson, Landon Young, they both said, honestly, we were tired. We were getting yeah. tired. Because eight minutes out there, like pounding against somebody in the fourth quarter, the final eight minutes of the game, you're doing that. And, and Bowden runs it 13 times. He completes that fourth down pass. And then so now it comes down to that final play. Stoop said it was a run play. They were going to call a run. They had a run on. And then Virginia Tech called the timeout. When they're saying they got a run play, Lynn Bowden says to him, Jump ball to a mod Wagner. And Bowden says, I was begging them jump ball to a mod Wagner. So out of the timeout, that's the call. Jump ball to a mod Wagner. Bowden looks at Wagner and is talking to him. He sees Josh Ali has outside coverage, has outside leverage. The guy is outside of him. He motions to Ali, checks out of the play, and tells Ali to run an inside route. and that's how it happens
0: I mean, well, and what does that tell <laughs> you about Lbo? I mean the guy right. the, a guy who's moved into that position has the wherewithal to to see what he sees to communicate okay, this is the check, uh, that's remarkable. And then it then is. He made, and he made a great throw. I mean, he had not thrown the ball great. He had made a few nice kind of touch throws. When he tried to throw it down the field, it was a disaster. But that was a nice throw at the end of the game. He hit him right where he had to hit him, in stride, into the back of the end zone. By the way, with the, with the, the game of the season, not the season on the line, but the biggest game of the season on the line, that was the longest drive of the entire year. 18 wow. plays. They had wow. not had an 18 play drive all year. And Lynn Bowden was responsible for running or passing on 16 of the 18 plays.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, they handed off to Smoke once. And then what was the other play? I don't, I don't The even other play know. was
0: a Wildcat play to somebody, and Bowden was pissed about it. The third down play before the fourth down, they, they, they had somebody else run the ball. I can't even remember who it
1: was. I've got it right here. I think it's worth just saying. Okay, so it's 825 on the clock. First and ten at UK's fifteen. Bowden for seven yards. Bowden for two yards. Bowden for four yards. Bowden for seven yards. Smoke for five yards. Bowden for three yards. Bowden no game. Incomplete pass. Bowden to Ali on fourth and seven for nine yards. Rodriguez for four yards. Bowden for nine. Bowden for four. Bowden for four. Tenth straight carry or tenth carry on the drive at that point. Smoke direct snap. One yard there. That was the play that pissed off Bowden. That was because they third motioned and him two. out
0: wide, and he went to the sideline. and yeah. was like, what are you doing?
1: So fourth and one, Bowden for two yards. Bowden for two yards. Bowden for nine yards. At that point, he has thirteen carries for fifty-one yards on the drive, and then to Ali for the touchdown. And Bowden mentioned it. This is why it was such a, a good pass, in my opinion, is Bowden said. Ali is the best route runner on our team. And he runs those routes against the SEC's cornerbacks all the time, even though he doesn't get the ball. And I trusted him. Basically, he's saying, I trusted him to be in the spot I was going to throw it to. You know how a quarterback throws somebody open. Well, Bowden's a guy who's not used to throwing the ball like that, so he doesn't have that kind of touch and timing and and all that where you're throwing to a spot. And I I believe in that particular situation – Especially when he brings up that he's the best route runner on the team, he knows the route. He's run the route himself before, yeah. and that's where he's throwing it. He's throwing it to the place that he would like it to be if he was the receiver in that situation. And I think that was huge uh, as to why it was successful.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I just it's it's poetic that Lynn Bowden, the one-dimensional run-only quarterback wins the biggest game of the year with the pass that he checked into. Um, By the way, in terms of the rushing, his best games this season, he had 196 on Arkansas, 204 on Missouri, 233 today today against Virginia Tech, and 284 against Louisville. So essentially, four 200-yard rushing games. And I just looked, he's going to finish the season almost certainly as the SEC's leading rusher.
1: So was his... Was his only non 100 yard rushing game against Georgia? Georgia 99, with 99 yards. 99,
0: and there were two holding penalties on long runs that he had. So, yeah. Wow. He, has, he, he basically rushed for 100 in every game. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and what he did today, and we should mention this will, you know, maybe I shouldn't say the name because people were getting really worked up about how often they were talking about and showing Bud Foster on the broadcast. Right. He did it against a Bud Foster defense in the last game of Bud Foster's career when that defense desperately wanted to send him out the legendary. 27-year coordinator at Virginia Tech out, uh, a winner, um, you know, ran all over him when he had a month to prepare, and then, you know, rope doped him and threw, threw a touchdown pass, kind of outsmarted him uh, yeah. at the end of it. I mean, that just – it's a legendary performance. And to, to do that, to, to, to rush for 284 on your rival Louisville in the next game you play, you – run for 233 and then throw the game winning touchdown pass against Virginia Tech. Just it's it's crazy. <laughs> I don't yeah. know I don't know any other way to say it. The other thing uh, I tweeted out I ended up looking up a bunch of stats after the game and one of them I tweeted out was uh, in the last 8 games when they moved Bowden to quarterback, so essentially with no passing threat, Kentucky rushed for 330, 160, 297, 302, 401, 462. 517, and 331. That is 2,800 rushing yards in eight games for an average of 350 a game.
1: Good grief.
0: I mean, Eddie yeah. Gran and John Schlarman and that offensive line, the big blue wall, and Lynn Bowden take a bow. Because yeah. that was uh, and just an incredible job by a lot of people. It uh, was. And the other thing I, I, I mentioned later that I kind of needed to circle back to is how much credit do you have to give to the wide receivers and tight ends who essentially for eight games, uh, the last eight games, accepted the fact that their personal stats were crushed? Like,
1: yeah, they're basically offensive linemen.
0: You're, you're not getting – yeah, you're, you're tall, skinny offensive linemen. They, and they bought into it and they blocked their asses off for Bowden and those running backs. And then one of them gets rewarded with kind of the glory at the end. Josh Ali with the diving fourth down catch and then he makes the game-winning touchdown catch in the bowl game. So – that's a nice sort of reward for a guy like that who, who in any other offense would have had a really nice year, I think, Yeah, uh, and probably will going forward. But those guys get a lot of credit as well.
1: And Kentucky finishes the year with its completing its already broken single-season um, rushing record of more than 3,600 3, yards, 36 rushing touchdowns. This is the one that just pops. 6.3 yards per carry. 6.3 yards per carry. So when you say all those numbers, Lynn Bowden was salty afterwards. Somebody, I, I, I can't remember how, what the question was, but it wound up being Lynn Bowden saying, my offensive line, I mean, we came in here and we ran for 300 yards in this, 330 yards in this game. We ran for 500 in the game before that. We ran for 400 in the game before that and 400 in the game before that. And you're not giving my offensive line the offensive line of the year award? I don't get the logic behind it. he said, T- just tell me, is it Kentucky? You just don't want to, you know, give Kentucky, is it Kentucky? Just tell me, I want to know. I mean, he was, oh, you know, him. pretty animated about that right there. And uh, you look at it, it's true. And I, I get that the scheme that Eddie Grand is running has a lot to do with that. But you look at Darian Kennard and Drake Jackson and Logan Stenberg and Landon Young. I mean, those, those guys have, they've done a lot very well all season. I mean, without... Without those guys, and I mean all of them. I mean there, you know, there's a few standouts, obviously. But I think all of them have had their moments uh, all season.
0: Yeah, I, I I was very impressed by that entire group, and again, John Schlarman to do to coach them up the way he has for year, like what four years now. They've had a really good offensive
1: line. Um, uh, let's and not it, forget John Schlarman is going through cancer treatment. Yes, like, it's yeah. not resolved. Like, they right. haven't told him, hey, it's in remission. Everything's right. going to be fine. No, he's
0: still actively fighting it, and it's aggr- yes. it's an aggressive and scary form of cancer uh, that there's no you know there's no certainty about what his long-term prognosis is. And so he's dealing with the mental and the physical of that, and he shows up to work every day, and those guys are inspired by him. Yeah, and, I think that's, that's uh, big you know, too, that inspiration. It is, it is a big deal. Um, you, you mentioned Lynn Bowden being sort of salty, and we, we certainly need to discuss that. Mm, uh, yes, absolutely. The spillover of the of the, the the brouhaha we referenced earlier in the week and, and how that uh, impacted the early parts of the game. But I think we should take a break and dive into that in our last segment as we wrap up this kind of historic day for him.
1: Yeah, we'll do that. I got comments from uh, several people on that, and we'll talk about it next on the Locked On Kentucky podcast.
0: This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day.
1: So back here on the uh, Locked On Kentucky podcast at this particular moment that I am speaking, it is 1128 p.m. on New Year's Eve. So 32 minutes until the new year, and we're going to talk for maybe 10 more of them. Uh, So that we can all celebrate uh, our New Year. But uh, Happy New Year to you guys. And we have to address uh, what happened, you know, pregame. And and this stuff had been going on. And Mark Stoops kind of said that uh, I, I don't know how many bowl games I've actually been to where it doesn't wind up having this kind of nastiness back and forth. That it's just kind of how it is. That when you spend a week in the same place with the team you're trying to beat, this kind of stuff happens. Uh, but what did happen before the game uh, shouldn't have happened. Uh, I, I think uh, one thing about it, it, it's one thing to get motivated and get fired up about it, and for Lynn Bowden to say, "Yeah, my trip was kind of ruined by how they treated us, and now I'm just motivated to play the game and win it." Yes, but then when you go out there and allow it to get under your skin so bad uh, that that you make a mistake like punching a guy in the face. Uh, then then they've won. They won the game before the game is even played because they got to you in that way. However, I will say this. Mitch Barnhart told me that he was there. He saw it all. He was on the field when it started, when it happened. He rushed out there, and he wouldn't get into specifics, but he said... That had the officials actually reviewed it, because the rule is an hour before the game, anything that happens, officials can review. This happened outside of an hour before the game. So had this happened an hour before the game, Len Bowden would have been ejected. He wouldn't have been allowed to play the game. And Mitch Barnhart said that uh, I'll just tell you that if they did review that tape there would have been more than Lynn Bowden ejected, and there would have been guys on Virginia Tech's side that would not have been able to play in this game. Now, none of those guys, I'm sure, for Virginia Tech are nearly as important to the team as Lynn Bowden is to Kentucky. Uh, But nonetheless, um, it was uh, a situation that Lynn Bowden realized, and he came out and he said that he apologized to his teammates and the team before the game. After that happened, they went into the locker room and he apologized to him for letting it get out of control because he realized he had jeopardized uh the entire team's um, you know, season ending bowl game here. It would have been absolutely ruined. It oh would have goodness. been Talk a about disaster. Talk
0: about Virginia Tech ruins your trip. If you if yeah. you get ejected for punching for letting them get to you and punching them, uh yeah. I mean they, they, they get they get smoked today without Limbowden.
1: And you pissed some people off because you said he, he, he shouldn't have played in the game.
0: Yeah, I pissed a lot of people off, and I don't really care. Uh, I mean, <laughs>
1: because— look, Well, you're three bourbons in, too.
0: Yeah, but here's the—I <laughs> I don't, I don't ever care. I mean, I here's, know, here's I know, the, I know. Here's the simple test. If one of those Virginia Tech dudes had come across the field and punched Lynn Bowden in the face, connected, hit him in the face, and it was on ESPN, there would be a mutiny of, of Kentucky fans wanting that player ejected. Yeah. Period. Don't bullshit me and say you would say otherwise. Right. If Just be honest with yourself. If a player punched Lynn Bowden in the face before the game, you would be furious if he played. That's the standard. <laughs> like, apply the standard. I, I, I think Lynn Bowden is amazing. I wrote, I spent a ton of time with him and with his family, and I wrote the story of his entire life. And I know where he comes from, and I know how much this means to him, and I know. How much he's worked to be better as a man and as a father, and be a father where his father was not. I like Lynn Bowden, and I want him to succeed. But today, frankly, if if we're being objective about what he did, he should not have played in the game. Now he did. The rules were what they were. They weren't within the hour, so he couldn't be uh, ejected. And Mark Stoops obviously is not going to sit out as quarterback, even though Lynn Bowden should not have played. Mark Mark Stoops, if he doesn't have to, isn't gonna take him out of the game. And he knows no. more than I and he also knows more than I do about whatever they were saying or doing or if they pushed him or punched him. Virginia Tech was trying all week. That was obvious to me. Yeah. They were trying. They knew that Lynn Bowden, and Lynn Bowden acknowledged there's a video out there of the postgame speeches, and it's kind of awesome. Lynn Bowden says, You guys, thank you guys who've who've embraced me and stayed with me, even though I'm a hothead. You know, he says that in the locker room afterward. Yeah. You know, even though I'm a hothead and you hear all the guys go, Oh, yes, you are. You a hothead. You know, like everybody knows. <laughs> if you follow him on Twitter, you know. It's not, it doesn't take a genius to know Lynn Bowden is, is even as he's matured, is still got a short fuse. And it, it was obvious that Virginia Tech was going to use that all week to get in his head and either take him out of the game or get him to do something stupid. And they got him to do something stupid. And that yeah. is on him. And, and, it's my opinion on that to me is validated by what the, the fact that Lynn knew he almost cost his team and he apologized and he came out and said I was wrong. So I don't feel bad about my opinion. Yeah. I'm also glad Lynn Bowden played and played well. And he, and like if you're going to throw a punch and barely get away with it, you better go kick their ass on the field, which is what soups told him to do in the first place. You well, know, I, keep your powder dry and fire it on the field. Right. Um, he didn't keep his powder dry. He's lucky he got to play, and when he did, he made the most of it. And so, so there's redemption in that. He still, what he did was incredibly stupid, and he should not have played. He did yeah. play, and he played great. And so I can leave it at that. But um, you know, it says, it. It also says something about Virginia Tech. Uh, it's a program I covered, but where they are right now, that if that's the if that's what they're into, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, we're gonna we're gonna f bomb you and p word you and and you know talk about your mama and all that stuff. And well, you and, should have heard some you of the stuff
1: pregame. You yeah. Know. yeah, and and walking elbow, down you know. the hallways where the two locker rooms are. I mean, they're chanting, "The block is hot, the block is hot." They've got a rap song that they're chanting with, uh, like not just one guy singing it. There's like ten guys singing the the rap song in unison. That's uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, I, I
0: think it's I think it's a bad luck for Virginia Tech, but it yeah. was
1: also a bad look for Lynn to give
0: in. Um, and so all he could do after that is what he did. Apologize to his teammates and go go win the game. And so good on him for that part of it. And then the other piece of the, the last piece of that locker room video, which is kind of great, is Mark Stoops. You know, thanks, everybody he says Lynn says, you know, he said it all in what he said but he said these guys set the tone they they set the tone that we're not going to take any shit from anybody yeah uh and and the place goes nuts and i'm sure kentucky fans absolutely love that of course there's some kind of rocky language from <laughs> from there i don't know if you've seen the end of that video or no, not uh-uh. but uh there's a a bleep my bleep <laughs> in there oh uh, yeah there's some yeah. Yeah, some bad stuff there too but uh look they're it's it's football it's the locker room there's going to be some mm-hmm. some nasty talk, colorful but, language uh, well but anyway Lim Bowden rewrote his story and as i said you know like i i tweeted out he his first punch of the day almost cost his team his last punch of the day knocked out the other team and they and so he he landed he landed the punch that he needed to to land the one right. that he was right. legally allowed to land. And that's the one that's going to kind of echo through history. Now, I don't think many people are going to be thinking or talking about that actual punch. Uh, no, it's a, you, know, almost today, be forgotten. you know, Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I have a, a big counterpoint. I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. I don't condone it whatsoever, but I do have a counterpoint to it. And um, we're at 30 minutes and it's new year's Eve. We're going to so keep rolling. We're going have, a, I have a, uh, I could go on a tirade about it. Um, as far as like, I'm a little bit of a Neanderthal meathead when it comes to to football, just because I played it and right. um, and, and just how it's presented and um, how physicality is is so important in it. It's kind of an intimidation factor, and just uh, and w- when you allow it to get to a certain boil. Um, it, you bring it on yourself if you don't make sure that, that two teams are separated. It's like, okay, if you if you both have fighting roosters, uh, well, you don't put them in the ring together unless you want one of them to get hurt. Uh, yeah. You know that. You, you own the roosters. You know it. Um, <laughs> right. So don't put them next to each other. Uh, and especially in this situation. And I mean, they're going to be on the field together, but there are certain things you can do, and one of them they did was in reaction instead of preventive was at halftime, both teams... Now, you know, the start of the game, the teams came out from separate tunnels. But at halftime, both teams went through the same tunnel because their locker rooms are on the same hallway. And Virginia Tech was very... Uh, smart about that and they made sure to hold everyone back until all of Kentucky had cleared the field. And then Virginia tech went in and you see it in NFL games where a lot of teams will run into the locker room. I remember Missouri last year where they got like just a little divider between them as they're, they're going to the locker room and that kind of stuff you have to know, you have to know better. I mean, just uh, some people can only take so much, but uh I don't think it was um, so bad, like uh, like your point. If there's no doubt, Kentucky fans would be irate if someone had punched Lynn Bowden or anyone. I mean, you go back to like the Petrino and and, and that stuff with Louisville. Uh, but I don't look at it as something that uh, that you throw somebody out for, even if it had happened in that window, just because uh, the situation. Ha- you should have done more to avoid it. And I'm not excusing yeah. the behavior. But at the same time, you, you get pushed to a certain point. I mean, when, yeah. you've, when it's and been I do, days I... of building that way and then you get in someone's face and other things happen that we don't know about that led up to the, what we saw on the video. But you're taunting a guy who has only a three years removed from being in the life that says you kick the shit out of somebody when they act that way in front <laughs> yeah. of you.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I, I get that. I get all that, too. I mean, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm much more pro-Lynn than, than anti, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. anti-Lynn at all. I just... Uh, no, I, he, I completely he, get he, your point. He, I do, and I, again, I don't condone the violence. And, and, he did, yeah. and he did know better, you know what I mean? Like, he right. he understood. I'm sure as soon as he let that punch go, although I, I will say the one thing that made me laugh, is after he threw the punch, he, he did a full-on Irish boxer square up and i thought i thought i was going to spit my drink out i love i love limbo i think i think his whole deal is is great like this this the way he is is no i think your is, point is
1: more about civility really I mean, and how how people should behave and what we should accept as a as a society. Yeah, I mean, like, like,
0: yeah, we know what Lynn came from, but that's not the society we want to live in. Like, it's okay to just walk up and clock somebody, exactly. And and just because they said something, you don't like, you don't get to punch them with your fist. Like, you know, your right to free, you know, your right to free speech and all that stuff, like, ends at my nose. You know, (laughs) right. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, I I just. uh, I don't think I got that expression right, but I am, uh, I'm, I'm New Year's eve yeah. um,
1: One more point on it, though. You know, Cash Daniel said afterward, and we, we know, you know, Cash Daniel called media, you know, clowns, and uh, his hashtag was make football violent again. And he made sure that he said afterward, he's like, this is not a gentleman's game. We are just a notch below the NHL. And when you, in hockey, when somebody uh, punches somebody else on the ice, they go sit in a box for two to five minutes and out here we get kicked out for two games. So, yeah, I don't uh, you I mean guys have I, he's to got a point there. That. I don't yeah.
0: I, I disagree with Cash on a lot of things, but he does have a point there. And and we'll pro, we're going to definitely going to have to talk football, just big picture of the program and stuff oh, more for sure. more this week. But I, one yeah. thing I wanted to kind of end on is just to put this in context. Um and that is I I'd, I'd have to go back and find it. I didn't do that yet, but with this win, one it gets Mark Stoops to 500 at Kentucky, and when you consider he started, he took over a team that went two and ten before he got here. He went two and ten with horrible talent, then five and seven, then five and seven. He's basically heavily over 500 in the last four years. Four consecutive bowl games, um, two straight bowl victories over big time big time opponents. But you think about the fact that they won, they went ten and three, which was a historic year last right. year. For them first time in 40 years um, then lose almost all their stars basically all the star power except Lynn Bowden and right. then lose their two first two string quarterbacks and they have to move him their best wide receiver and kick returner to quarterback in in game six and they end up eight with eight wins and a win over uh, Virginia Tech in a in a uh, you know, they're the only game on TV. A lot of people around the country saw that game. It was compelling. It came down yeah. to the end, you know. Um, so to go 10-3, and 8-5, and 5, and 8-5 and 5 is in what was going to be a rebuilding year anyway, but then could have been a complete disaster year. Right. The program is on incredible, uh, an incredible foundation because now it's... they return everybody basically except Lin Bowden, and they add this unprecedented recruiting class. And I think, you know, I said at one point on Twitter, this this is starting to feel like the run that that Dan Mullen had at Mississippi State, with right. the exception of the fact that they're not in the West. They're in the East where you don't have four badass teams you gotta go up against every year to try to win the West. You got one or two. Um, and so for the foreseeable future, Kentucky is set up to go win eight, nine or ten games. I think the new the new the new floor is seven and five and the new, you know, right. the new, you know, dream big is eight, nine, ten, And you can start to say, can we get to Atlanta? Um, and, and believe that you can. Yeah. Um, and so that's not, that's not a small thing. And, you know, so Stoops overall moves to 500, but in the, in the last four years, this win either moves him tied with Bear Bryant or one back of Bear Bryant for most wins at Kentucky in a four-year run. And that's, I mean, that kind of says everything to me.
1: Yeah, it is the best the program, uh, the shape uh, the program has been in since Bear Bryant. Yeah, the numbers bear it. They're, I mean, that's just that's just it. So. Facts are facts, really. So, all right, we'll end it with this. Uh, This is um, I don't know how many episodes we've done together, but this is the most we've cussed in any of them. Um, So, happy New (laughs) Year, everybody! (laughs) But plenty of more football talk. I mean, there was a ton of stuff uh, that 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 we didn't get to, and a lot of stuff I uh, heard from players today that we'll we'll definitely get into uh, tomorrow on the next Kentucky Locked On Kentucky podcast. So, follow me at D R I E F F E R and comment, ask us questions. Kyle is at.
0: Kyle Tucker underscore ATH.
1: Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everybody!
0: You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.